The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. <clears throat> so as I suggested earlier, the topic this morning is freedom. Being July 2nd, that seemed appropriate. So I'd like for us, for a few minutes, it's a huge topic, but for a few minutes I'd like us to explore a little bit the meaning of freedom. And I have some things to say, and then hopefully there'll be a few minutes for you to share. So what I began thinking about is how, especially this time of year, we hear talk of freedom, and I often hear freedom isn't free. And the uh, suggestion or the insinuation is that freedom has to be fought for and won. And then when it's won, <laughs> it has to be maintained, it has to be defended. And And this has never uh, made sense to me. It doesn't seem like freedom to me if uh, it's won through fighting and killing and devastation. And if it has to be maintained by walls or um, a constant vigilance... uh, a separation between myself and somebody else. Erecting barriers and keeping out the other and being constantly in surveillance so that someone else does not infringe on my or our freedom. And it seems to me that freedom is free (laughs) and that that's the only way to be really free. So we can talk about freedom from an ultimate perspective and a relative perspective. And of course, in Buddhist understanding on the ultimate Perspective, freedom is about letting go. Letting go, letting go, letting go. Not holding on, not clinging, not being attached to anything ultimately. Not being attached to our beliefs, our ideas, our views, our thoughts about things not even being attached to ourselves, to who we are, to who we think we are, to who we think we should be, must be, etc. Letting go of it all. Now, I'm not suggesting that that's easy. Of course, it's not. It's uh, perhaps a lifetime work for all of us to constantly see, remember, be reminded where we are attached, where we cling, where we're stuck, 
we could say, where we don't want to let go. And we practice over and over and over, letting go, letting go, letting go. And as well, we practice opening our hearts. Opening our hearts to our own suffering, to the challenges that each of us face, and to each other. In some ways, it's just the opposite. Just the opposite of that defending and protecting and keeping out the other. We open to the other. And you may think that sounds a little Pollyannish. I certainly have um, been accused of being an idealist. But I think, actually, it makes sense. And I'm not talking about letting ourselves be abused or run over or taken advantage of. That's not it at all. I think it is possible to set limits, set boundaries, and stay open. You know, I I often quote Jack Cornfield saying that we have to let our hearts break over and over and over again. We open our hearts to everything, ultimately, but to the difficult people, the difficulties in our lives. We don't close ourselves off from anything. We just keep meeting what is next, what is next, and opening. And then, of course, at times we do close. And then when we realize it, we open again. And so sometimes it's this dance of opening and closing, but always with the idea of continuing to open to all of life and not closing off to anything. It's a huge order. It's a tall order. But ultimately, then, we walk through life in a much more free way. If we think of freedom as a state of mind, we can be free in the midst of incredible suffering. We can be free in the midst of chaos, in the midst of war and suffering. And that doesn't mean that we're indifferent or callous. But it means that we're open. And that we meet things. We don't turn away. We don't close our hearts. We don't erect barriers between us and the other or us and the difficulty, us and the pain. We open and allow it all. And within that, as we do that, there is great freedom. So I wonder if some of you have thoughts 
about that or about what freedom is for you? Somebody like to share? I have more of a question. Um, you mentioned attachment. And attachment and love are very close. And is there a way that we can differentiate the two, keep one, but let go of the other, <laughs> and uh, know the difference? Actually, they are near enemies. Attachment is the near enemy of love. <laughs> so often, when we think we love, we're really attached. And learning to truly love or freely love is without attachment. And that, again, doesn't mean not caring. Attachment, attachment uh, gets taken for love. That's why it's the near enemy. Sometimes we think the more upset we are, the more we grieve, the more we loved. And that may not be true. It might be that the more attached we were for whatever reason or to whatever. To genuinely love is to love without attachment. And that can be in the case of loving another person. That might be um, loving no matter what the person does or who that person is. So we're not loving them because they give us some satisfaction or they do something that we like or something like that. We love them just because. And we're not attached to their being a certain way or doing a certain thing or feeling a certain way or pleasing us or whatever. Does that make sense? It occurs to me that maybe the attachment that is the near enemy is really attachment to the relationship as opposed to the person. If it's, if it's really straight from you to the other person and back, that sounds more genuine than uh, being afraid of losing the relationship. Sometimes that's, that's true, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Freedom in a relationship is the freedom to be who we are. Now, that doesn't mean to do whatever we want. (laughs) I think that's another misconception about freedom, that freedom means we can do anything we want to. Uh, Not necessarily. (laughs) Freedom to be who we are, to be the, the person that, we are um, and to be free and loving might mean restraining in other words might mean not doing something that would cause harm or suffering to the person we love that's not about um, changing who we are 
but simply being sensitive, being compassionate. So um, there's a saying that, that there's no freedom without discipline. And if we think about it, yes. When we love someone, we don't just do or say anything we want to without concern for how it's going to affect them. Um, Discipline actually can bring freedom. The discipline of the precepts is a way to freedom. It's considered that when we follow the restraint or the discipline of the precepts in practice, then we create freedom for ourselves and for others. The freedom of knowing that we will be safe, that nobody's going to harm us, nobody's going to take what is ours, nobody's going to sexually take advantage of us or abuse us with their speech or intoxication. So there's a safety um, and therefore a freedom that's created by following the restraints of the precepts. Um, I don't think we're ever re, um, truly free on the deepest level. I think there are degrees of freedom because um, after when we get away from only I or me completely and we really truly um, want to help another person um, and we come across restraints that keep them in a prisoner of circumstances, and we can't really help them, then um, they're not free. And so even though we might feel free just being in the presence and dealing with all these restrictions in order to help them, there you come across a barrier to freedom. I experienced that many times as a social worker with open heart and compassion, where I I I wasn't free to cure to work with the person to achieve what they wanted. It wasn't their problem either. It had to do with the city government and its restrictions. So you couldn't just get up and move if you didn't have money. So in the real world there um, you know, are a lot of blocks to freedom and sometimes we can idealize and talk about we don't want to create a wall around you. But if you don't create a wall, sometimes would you like missiles to land in your home daily? I mean, when you're actually in a war or in a war zone and you're in bomb shelters to protect yourself and you're dealing with terrorists, I mean, you're not free to come out of the bomb shelter or you'll be killed and when you actually experience that, um, it, it just puts it all in a different perspective. And so sometimes when we get into semantics and we're you know, just up in our heads about it, um, I think you know, we're not really free totally. I, I don't know if I, I... It's hard for me to articulate what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> no, you said a lot. <laughs> And it would, uh, to answer it, to do justice to it, would take a lot um, that we don't have time for. But I would just say in brief 
that yes, certainly in the world there are many restrictions. And that's why it's important, I think, to recognize that freedom is within us. It is not dependent on the external circumstances. And you're absolutely right that sometimes, despite our best intentions, someone else's bondage or limitation will not allow our help. We can still be free within ourselves and recognize that there's a restriction. There's only so much we can do in a certain situation. And, and my point is for us to think about, instead of thinking about war and bomb shelters and walls as ways to be safe or to be free, that we think about developing personal relationships and developing uh, caring and warmth for each other. And that, you know, that means throughout So the you world. can only start where you are, but exactly. if you are in a situation, which I've been in, where I had to stay in a bomb shelter for two weeks, um, that's where I was. I mean, in my head, I might have felt personal freedom and even mm-hmm. some joy, but there was a restriction that was mm-hmm. severe. Couldn't exactly. go outside. And exactly. all these children were really frightened. So, I mean, I guess what yeah. I'm saying is so much depends on where you are in the world, where you live, so that you have, like, we can all sit here and contemplate how we are with one another, but if we're sitting at a border, like all 70,000 children who are at high risk if they stay in their countries, and it's happening right now. Um, so circumstantially, it, it, freedom is a dream that we can really um, approach. Physical, physical freedom in that situation but it's might emotional be a too. Dream. Physical, emotional, but I think, spiritual. I think you, you said yourself, you might feel free. You might even feel happiness, joy. I think you used I know the word I could joy. get out of it, maybe, and even if I know I was dying in that moment, um, I wasn't being knowing I was going to be sent back to a situation where I was going to be at risk of murder or at risk of having to take drugs under force, like these children who are sitting at the border. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to come in. Getting asylum. I mean, mm-hmm. so for them, it's. I don't know how it would be for Teek Not Han, for example, if he was in that situation. He was a unique human being. Mm-hmm. I mean, so and we, and we can we can all work towards that uniqueness, right? To his and level, my gosh, that would be awesome. Yeah, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? <laughs> And, and you're absolutely right that that would be a very, very difficult situation. Gloria, and then, and then we better stop for five minutes. <laughs> we can carry on at lunch. As you were speaking about that situation, I was reminded of Hurricane Katrina and all the people that were in the kingdom or whatever I can't remember the name of the huge stadium in which people stayed and the news coverage only spoke of 
how dangerous it was and there were assaults and rapes and so forth happening inside there. And in fact, they never reported that they found that many of the chairs were set in circles and the people gathered in circles and supported each other. That was never reported upon. So um, I think within these really difficult situations, there are still ways that we can, again, as you said, um, support each other. Yeah, thank you. Thank you all, and hopefully many of you will stay for lunch and we can continue. I totally agree with you.